0: This episode of Butcher Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right, you out there. Go to patreon.com slash breakaway to get all the episodes ad-free. You also get access to our BSBOT and our Discord and so much more fun stuff, including merch discounts, etc. and inside, inside our chat. Who cares? Niels Lundquist gets traded during this show to the Dallas Stars. Shayna, frequent guest of this show, breaks the news, exciting times. So we cover that at the beginning of the show. Then we do the actual intro. Then we have Julius, Julius, Julia. Oh, my God. Julie Stewart Binks. There we go. Uh, She comes on for uh, 35 minutes to talk about media and also New York Rangers. You're never going to guess it. So, without further ado, let's get to the show. Here's Mark Messier.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Hey, Bush fans, welcome to the week of the Bush Breakaway. We already recorded this part, but in the middle of recording this episode, Niels Lundqvist got traded to the Dallas Stars. Larry Brooks is reporting, Niels Lundqvist to the Dallas Stars for top 10 protected 2023 first rounder. Confirmed, if it's a top 10 pick, it rolls over to 2024 without restrictions. Could be another component coming. Shayna had it first, and Shayna said, Niels to the Dallas Stars. We're still waiting for the second part, which we believe... To be another conditional pick, Greg, say hello.
1: Yeah, I. This is odd when talking about this trade because two things can be true simultaneously, and I'm going to say them off the bat. Chris Drury got more than I thought he would get in this trade. The best player in this trade is still going to be Niels Lundqvist. Does that make sense? Yes.
0: Well, I. The the I'm not a prospect guy. Very noted. The 2023 draft.
1: It's is, it's a big draft. Is loaded. Yes, absolutely and, loaded, and I, it's important for the Rangers to have this first because it. We're not even talking about what the Rangers will draft with that pick because we're they might about, trade it. By the I way. would I you you would you think they're going to keep it? I'd be shocked if come trade deadline time the Rangers keep this pick. Shocked.
0: I. Uh, it's going to be close. We're going to talk about it all year, but I they will probably use it as ammunition to trade for a player. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So as it stands now, uh, the Rangers will have two firsts. We would assume the stars are not going to be a bottom 10 team in the NHL. We don't think so. You're going to have two firsts, a second and the Colorado third, four picks in the first three rounds. I'd be surprised if you're the Rangers, you don't want to be drafting twice after 25 or twenty, for that matter. Which prospect nerds will be doing. tell you that you do that's want to nice. do that this year. That's nice. You want the bow? Do you want the mystery box? How many times do we have to do this? Right? We
0: could uh, we could do it forever, but I'm just I'm just letting you know what the general consensus in prospect
1: fandom is this year. That's that's awfully nice. I'm a man concerned about winning a Stanley Cup in the next two years. I am very and concerned neither about of that. These part first round more. picks, if the Rangers keep them, will help the Rangers accomplish that. Yes, fact, Jack.
0: But this right away is a W for Drury. Yeah, like, well. That's, diff- that's difficult I, I, because it's when a, the second part of this podcast comes in
1: just a few minutes it uh-huh. will be
0: there we will rehear re, will re- the open it's something that Greg and I already recorded I believe I said at that time there's no way he gets a first for for Niels
1: yeah and I said the Rangers would be lucky to get the Adam Fox package which was a conditional second conditional third but yeah. at the same time Ryan my, my point is I can't call it a W because the situation was an L in part created by Chris Drury so it's it's almost like the Met, they had a doubleheader today. The bullpen blew the first game, and then they salvaged the second game. <laughs> just love the Mets. but, but I, I didn't it, say it was the Mets. It uh, could have been any team. It could uh, have been the Rays. It's funny because
0: I heard you say the Mets, even though you didn't say I it. I sure didn't. I just said baseball. I believe you. But Chris Scherer's job is to also clean this mess up when yes. things go wrong. And he's taken two messes now in Georgiev and Niels, and oh. I think gotten the best he could out of it in those situations. Getting a top like the stars, they're probably not going to be a, a a bottom ten team. I, so it's probably a twenty twenty. But team right,
1: I still I still struggle with both of those. He got more than we expected, but I can't say he got the pinnacle of what the value was on those two guys. But you at least get to pick your guy. He doesn't. I, he didn't get. He does better than we anticipate in both trades, but he still only gets like eighty percent of the worth of the player, probably. I just Niels's I just, value has gone down. We agree, right? The odds of you getting even in a loaded draft a better player than Niels Lundqvist with a pick that's going to fall likely somewhere between twenty and thirty-two in next year's draft, it's low. You it miss low. on those picks yeah. all the time.
0: And and to be clear, Niels Lundqvist is going to be a very good NHL player. Very good for, for a long time. He will run the power play in Dallas. Second power play. He will be a puck distributor. We will look at highlights over the next couple of years and be like, wow, I can't believe Niels was a Ranger. He's pretty good. And that will be obnoxious. But because of the situation, I'm going to give Drury credit here saying he did get a lot more than I personally expected. I expected a prospect for prospect swap, maybe someone with the Kings like an Alex Turcott, like a prospect that has also lost value, somewhere, some reclamation project, something like that. But that was not the case. And he somehow finangled a first, which I believe in the NHL is is a pretty valuable trade chip these days, especially in 2023.
1: Well, if you're the Stars and you're trading this conditional first, the Stars aren't going to have a lot of money to make moves come the deadline. They're, they're a bit north over six under the cap, but Jason Robertson hasn't signed his contract yet. Every dollar the Stars have is going to go to Jason Robertson between now and opening night. So if you're the Stars and you're a team that's clearly going for it, And you know that your cap situation is only going to get worse between right now and opening night. And it's not going to be, you're not going to have the wiggle room to acquire a player worthy of trading your first round pick at the deadline. You don't, you just, it's a similar situation to the Rangers where we were talking about how the Rangers weren't going to get a great return on a Niels Lundqvist package because they don't have the money to get a player for Niels Lundqvist. Similar logic applies to the stars where they don't have the money to go out and use their first round pick as this great bargaining chip to get the star players you think are going to be available at the deadline. We're not even talking no we're not even talking Patrick Kane level. We're talking the Andrew Kopp level that we expect to be available come trade deadline day. So this is almost like a perfect marriage where the stars are going to use their one bullet to get a player that they know has top four potential on their defense, which is probably the area they would like to improve the most, even with Miro Heskinen and Esa it, Lindell and all It's rare to guys.
0: have win-win trades that I feel right off the rip that I both st- teams I, want. I mean,
1: I, I, I'm, I get it. It's a loaded draft. I'd rather have the better known asset than the draft pick.
0: That's fine. Usually knowing what, what's there is a better asset. I totally agree with you. But if you look at Niels Lundqvist like he was going to get traded no matter what, he has a similar value to a first-round pick in a trade package. If you're at the trade deadline this year, in March, whatever it is, I think it's like March 21st or something like
1: that. But we, So people are going to hear this eventually because this is an insert we are doing, and you're still going to hear our little five-minute talk conversation about Niels Lundqvist later on in this show. You are. The point I was making is if the Rangers didn't trade Niels before camp opened or closed— that you almost wouldn't have the ability to trade him because he will not have... This is actually exactly it, and I'm happy I said it when I did. A a team like the Stars, a playoff team, would not want Niels Lundqvist at the trade deadline because he wouldn't help them this year. You have to trade Niels to teams that want to be in the thick of it now because they need time to get him up to speed. He needs time to get to the States. He needs time to gel with his teammates. And if necessary, like the Stars could possibly say, hey, you're going to get a late start than everybody else. Here's two weeks in the AHL, but you're coming up after that. Don't worry. We just want you to have your legs under you. I just, the Rangers, once the season started, that becomes a couple months in the AHL. And then teams in the thick of it won't have interest in Niels until after the season. And to that point, it's just they're not doing the Rangers any favors because it's one less trade chip they would have at the deadline for a team that expects to be in the thick of it. So if you get to a trade deadline where you don't trade Niels first, you now can't trade him then, and you don't even have the extra bullet you get in a Lundquist trade to dangle. So I can't criticize Chris Jury for the return of today. When the situation has already happened, the bed has already been made, the toilet's already plugged. So you you take what you can get, and this is better than what we expected. It's much better. I, the for, with, a first is a real Ryan, asset, but Ryan. With that said, I still I struggle to call it a win because it shouldn't have come to this. That's the <sighs> that's the point I'm making. I,
0: I, I don't know why I went to World War II in my mind. Like, we, this could have been prevented.
1: <laughs> but, 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 it, but it did happen. I know, I know, I know. France Ferdinand was shot. Right. The U.S. had to join the war in 17. Right. And we got shit done. Like, Australia
0: called the U.S. You know, they said, hey, there's some planes taking off. They thought, like, we heard. Like, <laughs> we could have stopped, it could have all been prevented. But it wasn't, and the, they, we were able to clean it up, and that's what Chris
1: Drury did. Did I just make a World War II nails reference? Yes. That's also a bad one. You think the U.S. got tips from Australia? I don't before know. Before Pearl just, Harbor, I'm literally making shit up. I am the history minor here. We went over my transcript last week, Ryan. That's how starved we've been for news.
0: That's true. They were surprised, but uh, what I'm saying is, uh, he was a he, <laughs> he was a painter. He was a painter. You could have stopped him. Someone
1: could just said, "You're doing a great job."
0: Uh, <laughs> he was I, the Times Man of the Year.
1: It's it's difficult. You really so you're. I know this is hard, but th- what we do... Craig, can I just... Is... Oh,
0: I wanted to cut you off, but to make my point from before... Uh, you had a
1: it, point from before.
0: I did. If you're trading Niels Lundqvist at the trade deadline, a first-round pick, which the Rangers are likely going to trade, is equivalent or better than trading Niels Lundqvist to another team. It is.
1: Mm. It, it, people... Know, say what you will. You're man so, wait, likes wait, to know I've, what you are. You're you, saying if the Rangers held Lundqvist at the deadline... Yeah, it's a hell of
0: Lundqvist till this deadline, coming up, Yeah, like you said earlier. It's better to have a first-round pick to trade at this deadline than a depreciated asset of what Niels Lunquist is at the deadline. Yeah, the first-round pick doesn't have leverage against you. It's still a mystery box that is exciting to other teams. Niels Lunquist had leverage.
1: Yes. I'm confused by the point you're trying to make. You're not disagreeing with me at any I'm, point. Here.
0: I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's that's why it's a W for Drury, even though it could have been prevented.
1: I, it's di- it's difficult. It for me, it, it's difficult because I. It's tough. It's it's a shitty situation. Boy, this and is this,
0: a, this is, is a good podcast. I love it. <laughs> it's,
1: a sh- it's a shitty situation. This is about as well as it could have been resolved. Because I understand that some people wanted the Rangers to. Tr- what what does getting an undervalued, mistreated center prospect really do for the New York Rangers? Again, not the team- not
0: too much. They, they, they probably can't make the team right away.
1: Not, not just – yeah, so you're just – you're taking an underused asset and admitting you're also going to underuse him? It, it, it never really made a whole lot of sense to me, but it felt like the conclusion we were going to, which is why it was so frustrating. I – this is, this is a better trade chip than if the Rangers acquired a prospect for Lundqvist. And it's a better trade chip than if they just kept Lundqvist because, again, teams like the Stars and other teams that would be willing to trade first-round picks at the deadline wouldn't want Lundqvist because he wouldn't be ready to go for them. This was, this was that sweet spot that I'm going to talk about later that people are going to hear and be like, oh, Greg kind of sounds smart right now. I wonder if he knew what the future held. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah. But there's a sweet spot where the Rangers could get a first-round pick from a potential playoff team for Niels Lundqvist, because that team will at least have Niels for the entire season. Um, and this isn't, it. it it's not Lundqvist versus Schneider, it's not Lundqvist versus Jones, it's simply, the. I wish the Rangers had the foresight to understand that the role Lundqvist is best suited to play in the National Hockey League is a role already filled by Adam Fox. And a smart organization would know that, and do something with the p- asset at its highest value sooner. With that being said, it is incredible the Rangers got a first-round pick today for Niels Lundqvist. It's incredible. And he will be going to the Stars. He really will be. I Yes. I, I don't think the Stars have four defensemen better than him. Uh,
0: all right. Should we get to the actual show now? Because I think we've said what we needed to say. I, I It's a win-win situation, and from my perspective, I see where you're coming from, where it's, it wasn't – it could have been prevented. It could have been stopped just like World War II notably.
1: <laughs> well, I like – you know up. I went World War One, right? That it's important for me to know that you understand the war I referenced with the Archduke in 17 is World War One.
0: I. I. did. I did know that. Thank you. Uh,
1: okay. It's important you do.
0: Yes. But, I was, but the reference for painting was Hitler. Okay. Anyway <laughs> – <laughs> Let's get to the actual show. We have a good we have a good show, so let's get to that. And then Julie Stewart Banks and uh, Nils Lundqvist is a star. So without further ado, uh, transition to the first recording of this show. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Gregory, you we're three weeks away from opening night. Gregory, how are you? Say hello, all those things, and more.
1: Wow, you really didn't know how to start this one. I I, I I'm experiencing a phenomenon here, Ryan. We've been doing the show since
0: 2015. November 2015.
1: Right. So the New York Mets, for the majority of that time, have not been good. They did I go to the World
0: Series it. like the year we started. Yeah. Right.
1: Mo- weeks before. Amazing how this podcast was able to be created because I borderline wasn't going to be alive there. Don't know how it happened. Don't know how it happened. But the phenomenon I'm experiencing here is since I... I'm in a position where not only do I give the biggest of shits about the Mets, not only do I need the Mets to do something different on any given night, and not only do I have to pay attention to seven other teams who also need to do something for me on any given night, hockey has never felt further away. I understand you're saying it's three weeks away. That's not that long of time. And had this been a normal Mets season, I'd be counting down the days. It might as well be seven years from now, Ryan.
0: I'll put it this way: I don't give a shit about the Mets. I do <laughs> not care, and hockey still feels ages away. It feels it feels so long from now. I know there was a, two prospect games versus the Philadelphia Flyers over the weekend. Matthew Robertson, noted star, as the Rangers got their asses fucking kicked two games in a row. <laughs> I believe they lost two one and five one, whatever. Um, those games don't matter. But that that we're, we have camp opening on Wednesday. There's going to be lines coming out from Vince Mercogliano and our friend Molly Walker. There's going to be a, there's going to be some news. There're going to be battles between Matthew Robertson and, and Jones. But Gregory, I, I feel you, buddy. I'm still exhausted. Truly exhausted also, from the from the New York Rangers playoff run. And is it there feels actually, too
1: soon. Is there actually going to be a battle between Jones and Robertson? I understand. you've planted your flag so you need there to be one for your own personal sanity and credibility. But you're telling me I have that no the man who was named captain of prospect camp really has to fight for a job. Uh, isn't it
0: funny he was named captain? Uh, I I don't. He probably doesn't have to fight for it, but I do think Matthew Robertson can have it. Has a chance? Has a chance? It's small. It's probably like twenty. No, it's less than twenty percent. What would you? What percentage would you put on it?
1: beating Jones Seven. seven it's just not gonna happen I don't know how else to describe it to you it's Zach Jones's job he's
0: he's a big boy I don't think I don't think you're you're putting that into your math he's huge
1: comparatively to Zach Jones they gave him the C Ryan because
0: he's the best player available there he is <laughs> and who else was there there is. There are be- – that's not how the Rangers work. It's not oh, always the best player available plays. That's
1: not the case. Oh, that no was shit. The- I know Lieber Hayek's <laughs> still here. You don't got to explain that <laughs> one to me.
0: We, we don't have to go into that. But Matthew Robertson probably fits the style of what Gallant is looking for a little bit more than Zach Jones.
1: I don't – see, I think – I think Gallant wants a heavy hitter on every line, and I think he – having that is allowed to be at least – as creative as he's possibly going to be with his other pair,
0: and Schneider has played with Jones before.
1: Yeah, baby, which, Truba. We got to get in the habit of calling him by his actual name.
0: My apologies. My
1: apologies. Baby, <laughs> baby, Captain uh, Zach Jones. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, no, a little, no. A little Cap. Braden, Braden Schneider. I th-
0: oh, okay. Well, you,
1: baby you, Truba and baby Captain. I guess that's what we can do. just the babies play the babies.
0: Yeah, the children. We have got to play them. Uh, yeah. I think. I think it's like a ten to twelve percent chance that Robertson can win out. Wow. Something like that.
1: So high. I'm undervaluing it so much, and you're putting a 1 in 10 chance that it actually That's goes That's not that
0: nothing. <laughs> That's a good bet. <laughs> no, it's
1: not. <laughs> what, in what world? Explain to me. I know we're sponsored by DraftKings these days, so you have to have opinions on these matters. I do. In what world is it good, is what you're yeah. saying? In what world would you classify that as a good bet?
0: Well, I guess you would say the odds on it. Like if Robertson was like like plus 800, something like that, would you take it?
1: You're essentially saying that he is eight to one. Yes,
0: I see what you're saying.
1: That's still not it. At a ten percent chance is something like fifteen to one. Is it? Yeah, it's high. I'm not an odds guy. It's high.
0: Okay. I I just like Robertson. I'm planted the flag. I'm ready to roll. I don't know what else to say. He's a big body. He can actually defend. Zach Jones is an offensive defenseman. It's not going to play well. That's it. I mean, I hate Zach Jones. <laughs> that,
1: that's essentially I, what I'm getting at. I once. hate
0: him. I hate his backwards cap. I think he's a bad captain. Wow. I don't actually... Whatever. Wow. I mean, he's
1: 0-2 as captain, so...
0: Wow, it's true. When you think about their leadership... Well, Matthew Robertson did read out the lineup, so th- that
1: does not help. Yeah, that but does. his mom read out the lineups? So I think mm. that's the key that we've discovered on this year's podcast.
0: I do have a topic for today's podcast, despite us talking about absolute garbage right now.
1: Uh, if you're willing to hear... Uh, <laughs> Imagine I. You know what? I am going to. I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't want to hear it. In 2019, it
0: was I, I, the year of Panarin. Uh-huh. In 2020, it was the year of Adam Fox. Uh-huh. In 2021, it was the year of Igor Shosturkin. Yeah. 2022 is the year of who?
1: Is it not Keandre?
0: It is Keandre.
1: Yeah. You. You were you setting this up as if I was one. Going to have to think hard about this and two, going to say someone besides Keandre.
0: Just, I was thinking there's a chance you said Lafreniere. I, you can make the arguments for the other players. Uh, you can make ba- Baby Truba could be his year.
1: You don't know that. Well, I think there's a difference here. Every other year you talked about, a player became the most notable player on the ice, but it wasn't necessarily the. In one hand, it is the most important player, but that's how it shook out. Igor Shosturky needed to be your best player last year if you wanted to do anything. Artemi Panarin lifted the Rangers up to such a level that they were on the precipice of a playoff run before COVID hit, and Adam Fox won the Norris. So these players asserted themselves with dominant performances. But there's a difference between, I think, Keandre Miller is going to be noticeable and dynamic every any given night, every given night, and it's going to be fun to watch, whereas the Rangers need Alexi Lafreniere to be good. But the Rangers, I don't know, I don't know if I'm writing this correctly. Regardless, like, is going to be good no matter what. I've already factored that in to essentially what I expect from the New York Rangers this year. But Lafreniere's ascension is almost more important, even if it's not more impactful on a nightly basis.
0: It's way more important. Just for the future of the next,
1: what, decade of the team? I'm not even thinking about the next decade. I'm saying specifically this season. I, I'm not. I'm not playing the. Now that the Rangers window is firmly open, and we need to talk about how they're going to win a Stanley Cup in the next two years, I don't care what happens in 2025. Fuck it. I don't even know if it exists. It might as well be a foreign object to me. It right. In order for the Rangers to be a good team this season, Alexis Lafreniere needs to take a leap. That's so,
0: so does Capucao. Both of them have to do it. One Andrew of DeAndre Miller could stay the exact same player he was in the playoffs and the Rangers would be fine.
1: Well, yeah, because that's a very good player. I I don't know if... I mean, it, if both take a leap, we're in a great spot. The Rangers need one of them to take a leap, at least. They can't have both continue to struggle. Or not even struggle, just continue to blend in, I think is the better way to phrase it. Lafreniere needs to be that guy this year. If Kako continues to just blend in, be a good solid, defensively responsible winger. I think that's possible that the Rangers will be fine. But if both Lafreniere and Kako continue just to just be guys, uh, they're in trouble.
0: They're in big trouble. It's not even close. Uh, let's 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 at least name the list of who the players would be in a row. So Keandre, I guess, is the obvious one whose year it is. Now mm. the difference is that the last three years, those players had all won trophies or become the most important player. I don't think this year the most important player could be anybody but one of those three guys. Still. Panarin, Fox, or... It's it's definitely going to be Igor again. Likely going to be Igor again. But no one's no one's coming close. We agree that's the top three no matter what happens, right? Because last year could have been the year of Kreider. I guess you could make that case, but Igor was just so goddamn good that Kreider wasn't even... Was Kreider even number two last year?
1: Yeah, Kreider was probably number two. Probably.
0: Great, great season for him. Great goal scoring. Yeah. Amazing.
1: I don't think... I think we're we're entering this weird stretch now where I don't think the Rangers need Artemi Panarin to be one of their three best players. I think everything, I, this is not a knock on Artemi Panarin. It's just a matter of the Rangers actually being much better and much deeper than they were at any point in time. I don't think if Panarin has a couple off nights, the Rangers are fucked. Whereas if Artemi Panarin wasn't, Creating the offense two years ago, the New York Rangers weren't scoring.
0: They were screwed. Yeah. Totally screwed. When when Artemi wasn't going, the motor was off, uh, and that was very clear throughout that entire season. And Mika Zibanejad went to another level as well that year. And it, but it hasn't been his year either. It's funny that we went right to Keandre Miller, and it's not the Keo- it's not the Mika Zibanejad perennial. This is the best season of his of his career situation like that was was that even a thought in your mind because I didn't I did not
1: think that either it's easier to take a player that's young and you don't because we still don't really have a clearly established floor for Keandre Miller so we're almost regardless of what Miller does as long as it's successful it's going to be viewed as exceeding expectation whereas with Zibanejad you almost expect at least 35 goals you expect high-end power play uh, performance and you expect him to be a leader on and off the ice, you you have expectations for the veterans, so it's hard for them to steal that mantle back. Like, what are the what's the scenario in which Chris Kreider exceeds expectations this year? Sixty goals?
0: No way, it, it, he can't. It's not his but that, fault.
1: But that's what I'm saying. He's he's now both established a floor and a ceiling, so anything he does, it's going to just fall on the spectrum. Whereas Miller and all the young guys, you're still in this. Not awkward, but unsettled spot where you get to determine exactly what you want to be as an nhl And yeah, we have high hopes and high high expectations for Keandre Miller, but we're still kind of figuring it all out, which makes it exciting. And it's it's just like, Adam Fox would have to win the Norris again in order for us to be like, oh yeah, it's Adam Fox's year. Igor Shostakhin would have to finish top three in the MVP again for us to be like, yeah, it's definitely Igor Shostakhin. It's really it's just it's hard to repeat in any way you put it.
0: Are you worried at all about Igor, like even coming close to what he did last year? Because what he did last year was legendary. I don't think so. I mean, it's funny you you say that because I do think it's improbable that he would do something like that again. He had one of the best seasons in goalie history, but yet I feel zero nerves and that he will be very close to his optimal strength come opening night.
1: Yeah, I watch Jacob Degrom every five days, so I'm I'm used to guys just reaching a level and never dropping from that level.
0: I don't understand how Jacob Degrom hasn't dropped at all. It's <laughs> it's actually
1: fucking crazy. Well, you talk <laughs> about how he struck out 13 guys in five innings yeah, yesterday. Yeah.
0: It's the uh, same thing with like, do there are just guys that just reach an echelon and then they play at that level until until one day it just falls off a cliff. But it really al- it always comes with like a giant cliff, and that's it. Like, I but did he did Hank even have a cliff? I don't think no, so. He got old. He, he just got a slow decline, right? Yeah, he got. He just got old. He was still good. I mean, that playoff series versus Carolina sucks, and he it was rough for him. But it wasn't like the team was good either. It wasn't it's really a, his fault. The, was, the oh,
1: team also just came off a unnatural COVID break. Yeah, and they were playing in a bubble. Yes. You, you, forgive me if I'm not going to take any performance from the bubble seriously, which is why I'm still waiting for the Lightning to win a, an actual Stanley Cup. Which is essentially, <laughs> it's, what I'm getting it's, to.
0: It here. truly is one of your better takes. It's it's one of the top ten.
1: It's up there. All I'm saying is they won in a bubble, and then they won when they played only eight teams every year, and the schedule was so foobard that the Montreal Canadiens made it to a final and then got the number one overall pick the next year. Makes you think. It certainly does.
0: does. It does make you think. Tampa Bay Lightning, real challenge out there, win a, Stan- win a real Stanley Cup, why don't you?
1: Uh, do we need to talk at least for five minutes about the latest Niels Lundqvist shit today? Uh, with Vancouver? Well, I just I had this thought while I was preparing for the podcast, a.k.a. taking a shower. and I
0: thought you were going to another ass word okay, keep
1: going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't, do- who thinks while they poo? What are you talking about? I check the, out completely. I'm thinking while I poop. It's the thinking throne. It's a big deal. No, you're okay. wrong. You're wrong in this instance. No, I am going to say it's just Reddit. That's it. Uh, anyway, that, keep going. Yeah, I just, I'm just on Twitter. You think I'm learning anything by being on Twitter?
0: No, I'm just watching highlights.
1: Exactly. So, I think we've talked about the leverage of these two, the, the two players at be Niels, Chris Drury. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized I think Niels actually has all of the leverage. Hear me out. I He's, will hear
0: you out cuz I, I don't know if I agree with you.
1: Uh well now I need a This is this is great podcasting. Do you need I'm the actual up. quote? Well, no, I don't need the quote. Well, you can say the quote, but I don't need it.
0: I will I will we will do great podcasting and I will go get the quote.
1: Okay. I was going on CapFriendly cuz I wanted to make sure of something here.
0: Okay. Well, Chris Drury spoke with the media last week, and Chris Drury said uh, something about Nils Lundqvist. Let's find it. <laughs> okay, great. Still scrolling. Boy, Vince posts a lot of his articles, huh? He said, uh, update on Niels Lundqvist. This is from Vince. I checked in with his agent, Claude Lemieux, who said the 22-year-old defenseman will not be reporting to the main camp next week. They've requested a trade and seems to be planning on sitting tight. Uh, Chris Drury said, that's totally fine. <laughs> I'm looking for the quote from Drury. Yeah. But he pretty much acknowledged it and said he wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't talk about it further.
1: All right. So Lundqvist, uh, he has two years left on his ELC, including this one. However, if you're the New York Rangers— you can't let Niels essentially not play hockey in North America for a whole full year. You're just losing value left and right. So if you don't trade them before camp and you need to trade them before, not even before camp, but at least before the regular season, because you need to give the new team time to work Lundqvist into their lineup without disrupting the lineup. So if you don't trade them before camp ends, you're essentially admitting he's not going to play, not just for the Rangers this season, but he's probably not going to play for his new team until, add two months, until the day of the trade. So you run into a chance where, yeah, it's nice in theory to keep Niels Lundqvist through the trade deadline and use him as one of your poker chips, but the team that acquires Niels at the trade deadline is essentially not acquiring a player that they will be able to effectively evaluate for a full six months after the trade. So it's not that valuable of a trade chip. You're essentially just trading an empty vessel at that point. And it's it's, like Niels just wants out. And if he has to play in Sweden, he'll just play in Sweden. He'll just stay in Sweden. He'll collect money there. He doesn't need an NHL salary to survive.
0: So you're saying if he plays in Sweden, he signs in Sweden. And if they do trade him, so let's say like the Detroit Red Wings... I don't know why, but that's just like a a team that would probably need him this year. Or want to use
1: him this year. But once the season starts, you're not going to trade for a guy who's playing in a different country and not send him to the AHL. You're just not going to do it. Wouldn't
0: Niels report right away to whatever team he got traded to? Sure, but
1: I'm saying I think a better example here is Seattle. Because Seattle is a team that desperately needs high upside players, is not going to be competitive this year. Might not, not be competitive for multiple years. So you're at least admitting that if you're getting these young players, you're not in a rush for them to fit into your lineup immediately. Like, if you're the Detroit Red Wings, I don't think you have an expectation to make the playoffs this year, but it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, you're going to fight for it. Right. So you are you have to trade Niels to a team that is for, at, once the season starts— is far enough out of it where they're not worried about him not playing a single minute of NHL ice time this season. And I just, I don't think there are that many teams willing to admit that right now. Like, his name comes up in trades with the Vancouver Canucks today. And I also think Ranger fans need to keep in mind how low the Niels Lundqvist trade value meter has fallen, where he is the cheap alternative to Ethan Bear. I think Ethan Bear has what was kind of hidden last year in Carolina. I don't think it was that good of a fit. I still think he has top four upside in his own right. And when I say that, I mean like second pair. I don't think he's anywhere close to being a top line defenseman or any of that. But when Niels Lundqvist is being called the cheap alternative to a defenseman where you're not a hundred percent certain, he's going to fit into top four minutes on a team that is going to be a bubble playoff team. You're not going to get anything good back.
0: Also the Vancouver prospect farm i was looking just briefly not exactly stacked not you're and you're not getting a first either
1: you're you're probably not getting a second you might be lucky to get like two conditional seconds where if he plays a certain amount of minutes yeah you almost you almost get what carolina got in the adam fox deal which is a second and a conditional third that becomes a second if he plays 41 games for them this year something like that
0: it is kind of I don't want to say ironic, right? Like Fox forced his way to New York and now Niels is going to force his way out. So is it, is it, is it fair to just to get the Fox package back?
1: I just don't know how you're going to do better than it. I I get that. We're playing all these, we're (laughs) playing, yeah, we're playing all these games saying uh, we, we still think he's a very good prospect. It's not a knock on him as a player. It's just, you have to think of all of the variables going into this trade discussion. I think it'd be very hard for the Rangers to do well in this trade. I think you're, I think you're getting an Adam Fox to the Rangers like package in return, and that's just the best you're gonna do. Oh boy,
0: that can't. I see. I think Drury waits it out. I don't think he cares. But what does he cares if he gets anything?
1: What does he gain? But then, is that good leadership? If he gets nothing, but it's a chance for
0: him to get get leverage back. It's we saw it with Georgiev. We've seen it with. Obviously not Bucnevich. That did not happen. He rushed and pulled the trigger there, and I think he learned a lesson from what he traded Buc for, for which is exactly how he played. He was really, really patient at the trade deadline, got well, what I what I thought was great value, and you you did you did, ah, sorry you did as well. And then from there, waits with Georgiev and gets three picks when but do gets we, desperate. Do we need to
1: change the narrative around the Bucnevich trade a little bit and say that Jury at least thought he was acquiring Eichel, which is why he wanted to move Bucinevich as quickly as he did.
0: We do need to change that, but they'll, that will never officially come out ever in
1: life. No, like, but we you can – enough information has been reported, and we know enough information to know that Drury had, and the Rangers had, a fairly strong sense that eventually they were getting Jack Eichel. There, there's a reason why money. people
0: like Steve Valaket, who we love and respect very much, was tweeting out, like, I think the Eichel spidey thing senses. is – Spidey senses. Yeah, Spidey senses. Yes. Like, there were – this, there was a lot of rumors. The ranger stuff was going. They really thought it was done. They really did.
1: And then the Pagula said, oh, no, no fucking way.
0: Actually, fuck the rangers. <laughs> and then two so... idiots put
1: a billboard up and they killed it entirely forever.
0: I think we did have more
1: of an effect than I really want to admit. I... This is... Do you think there's a better chance Matt Robertson makes the Rangers, or do you think we played a higher percentage chance that we killed the Jack? This is
0: a great Ben Simmons, uh, Eichel who gets traded first uh, alternative.
1: <laughs> and I have to be honest, I do think,
0: I think it's Matthew Robertson, but it's not that that far away from each other.
1: It's not. There's no way we played a ten percent role in anything.
0: We yeah, we played
1: a three percent. Maybe I, I think that too much credit. There's a chance that it was done and it wasn't going to happen, and then the billboard went up, and it's like, well, now it's fucking done.
0: <laughs> I just hope they were on the phone, and he's just like, they were in the middle of it, and he just sent them the article to Chris Jury. Jury opened it, and he was like, "Motherfucker,
1: <laughs> these fucking guys hate them." It's 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 really it's really funny to think, and I don't say this as like a gloating asshole. But there's a pretty good chance Chris Jury knows about us and actually hates us.
0: Oh, ah, oh, it's more than pretty good, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
1: it's, he's you think you think Chris listened to one episode and it was yes. an episode in which I was really shitting on Trumbull, Connecticut.
0: If you were going to listen to an episode, wouldn't you listen to the trade grades? Let's we be honest. Were, but we
1: were nice on that episode.
0: I, I know. So maybe he even said, like, they're being nice, but I still hate them. I don't know. Fuck. We Donald were nice is essentially
1: them. what we're really getting. Well, he'd of.
0: also listed the Bouge one first. Never mind. That's per- bad.
1: No, I don't think he jumped on the Bouge. He knew he was going to get flam- flamed for that one. He
0: did. <sighs> Boy. All right. Um, do you want to do some five stars, or we have uh, just a couple minutes till our guest comes?
1: You tell me. You're the host. I'm just the guy along for the ride.
0: Our guest is around in three minutes. We got time. All right. Uh, this is for Brett Lee. Is it just me or do the guys, you guys feel like the regular season this year reminds you of having to go back through a long portion of a video game that you already played and didn't save, akin to Mario, the original, when you had to go through World 1, 1, 2, 1, 2, 1, 3, without the tunnels and start over again? Yes, I do feel that way. Like I almost wish the playoffs would start already and the season has not
1: started. Uh, I don't. Mostly because I'm curious enough about what these children are going to do if the playoffs started, like if, if the regular season didn't exist and the playoffs just started, I don't think I would have learned enough about this team to be like certain we'd be able to do better than we did last year. I, I don't study for tests, famously, but I need to attend the class to know what the test is going to be on. So I, I need to see the kids do something. I, I need to see them reach levels they haven't reached in the regular season before so that I know this team can be better than the one I saw in the playoffs last year I'm pretty sure it's going to be better than the team I saw in the playoffs last year that is the belief I hold right now but I'm a man who needs some proof in his pudding
0: I'm gonna skip one from Jab, we'll come back to it but this from David with Keandre taking the drip king moniker baton from Hank who is the second best drip on the team Reeves
1: I saw the video of Reeves, I guess, lighting up a cigarette in a golf cart today, and I once, <laughs> I once again had the thought, for the millionth time, I understand he's not a good hockey player, and I understand the New York Rangers would be better if they had someone else eating his cap hit, and I get it. I just can't accept him not being a Ranger, dude. Fucking rules. I don't know what else to <laughs> he, say. He's so he's so rules. cool. If he's, I accept him stinking. Because I just think it's great he's here.
0: I'm happy to have him.
1: All right, let's get... uh, We have Julius
0: Stewart-Banks coming on in just a second, so let's transition over to that right now. Transition.
1: NFL action, it's in full swing, especially at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We are talking touchdowns. We're talking big plays. Hell, we're even talking big wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. That's double the payout. Payout's bigger than ever. Why bet on football on any other app? I wouldn't do it. No siree. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code BLUESHIRTS to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any game. That's code BLUESHIRTS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details.
0: Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have Julia Stewart Binks. Uh, she's a sports broadcaster. Julia, thanks so much for joining us tonight.
2: Guys, it is a pleasure to be on. I'm extremely happy to be here chatting hockey, uh, even though it feels like it's been like literally a million years. Are you even ready for hockey? Like, are you even somehow? ready? No, I'm not ready. Definitely not cuz it's Me like, you know, it's like going back to school and being like who's in what class? Like, oh, you know, that that person's like not in my class anymore. Like they changed schools or something. And you're like, wow, that it's just like so many things happen over the summer and everyone in hockey kind of took the last whatever. It seemed like a couple weeks off. And football's been going hard, so then you're like, wait, where's the sport that I like love? Cuz so you're kind of like, where's I just want hockey season to start um but yeah other than that I mean like yeah I'm not ready but I'm excited for it
0: <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it but I know like once it gets here it's gonna be like a warm blanket like oh yes it's my old friend yet again little hockey blood and thunder of uh, of Thor no of uh, Ryan Lind- Lindgren's face rather um so let's get started <laughs> um I you know I wanted to can you tell us a little bit how like what your entry to sports media was like, like what how'd you go, go through the business what are you up to these days what you're doing
2: yeah, well, I mean, I could that could literally take me like 5,000 years cuz I've literally had like a million jobs and it took me it was very like kind of I guess unique way into the industry where I went to do my undergrad in Canada and I was <laughs> I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to take calculus in grade 12. So, I I decided to I loved gym and I loved drama. So, I decided to do two degrees in phys ed and drama, which was, I mean, I think I was a pretty, pretty smart back then, which led me to, um, a degree that helped me so much now. But like, I was kind of thinking about sports psychology and then halfway through sort of halfway through my mom was like, she was a news anchor in Canada for CBC and CBC radio. She's like, you should go volunteer at the radio station. I was like, What? Uh, what? Like why? And I was like, you know, get out there, meet people. I was like, okay. So I went to the radio station, and they're like, we're we're full of volunteers. So like thanks. I was like, okay. But I was thinking about media. So I went to the TV station then and like clubs night or something. And then they were like, yeah, come on in. Here's your first assignment. It's at uh, for a coffee house. I was like, okay, never having done this or even thought about it. And then I did it. And then I'm like, oh my God, like, I love this thing. I love the adrenaline I get from it. Like, you know, felt very much akin to sports of what I was doing and had played and been a part of. And so I thought, like, maybe I could do this thing with sports. And so I started just doing, like, the campus really, really awkward reports. Like, I always tell people, you know, it's always about reps. And, like, still to this day, I'm like, I need more reps on everything. But I needed reps. Like, if anyone saw those, they'd be like, no, you should not do this industry at all. They'd be like, yeah, you're pretty bad at it. Um, but I had, obviously, a lot of interest in it, and I liked it. So we, I did it for about three years in university and then decided, hey, I want to go, like, I needed to get, like, a journalism type of background. Every job in Canada that I applied to was, like, yeah, like, you don't have, like, the credentials to do this. So went and did my master's in England and then came back um, and worked in Canada and then kind of just bounced around from, like, the prairies and And I'm Canadian, obviously, uh, in all these small towns to L.A. and worked at FS1 and covered the Ducks, covered the Kings. And also just like one other aside before that, I covered like the OHL when I was younger and did like took buses around Ontario, lived at my grandma's retirement residence. Wow. Um and like that's where I got to know actually that's where I got to know Ryan Strom was he was with the Niagara Ice Dogs hold on then, and have-
0: <laughs> <laughs> first of all Ryan Strom incredibly nice guy he's been on this show uh, yes. I'm a I'm a big-time Ryan Strom supporter do you do you keep in touch with him
2: no like I mean like it's I mean I did like as in the way of wow how wild is it that Small world, you know. We're now here, both in New York before, at least. And then
1: it's uh, it's it's the Paul Rudd. Look at look at us. Who would have thought we were? Totally,
2: yeah. I mean, we would have thought with him for sure because he was like, you know, a first round pick, and he was like, great with the Ice Dogs then, but and like Dougie Hamilton then. That was the same year they're both on the same team, and so then. Um, I find it funny that Ryan Strom is like with the Ducks because I covered the Ducks for three years. So I'm like, man, we just have been hitting all the same spots, just like our careers are sort of like all the exact same. But it is kind of neat because then seeing to like bring it back to the Rangers a bit when I was in Winnipeg and working there, I met uh, a guy, well, Scott Oak is a big time broadcaster in Canada and his son Darcy Oak is a big-time illusionist. He's incredible. If you're into, like, magic and stuff, look him up. But he's, like, best friends with Ryan Reeves. So I randomly met Ryan Reeves when I was in Winnipeg. And then, like, Darcy was having a goodbye party, blah, blah, blah. So we all, I have a shirt. There's, like, a picture of me and Ryan Reeves in this shirt with, like, this guy Darcy's face on it. And it's so weird because it's like, oh, this guy plays hockey somewhere, whatever. This was 10, this was 12 years ago. And then now it's like, oh, Ryan Reeves is now like with the Rangers too. Like, it's just like the world is so small. It also makes me feel so old because I'm like, I have the weirdest, randomest background with like, I could have six degrees of separation from everyone in the league. <laughs> so it's great. And it's also like makes for like just a weird story overall. But yeah, I've been in hockey for pretty much ever.
1: Well, Julie, most people who follow you know that you're a big hockey fan, but I think a lot of new. Fans of the game were introduced to you during your playoff show that you did with our friend Johnny Lazarus. So what was that experience like for you in terms of here's here's the sports that you love, you grew up loving, you grew up around it, and now you're on the biggest stage in the world talking about the biggest stage in the world?
2: Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was interesting because it was different than what we'd ever would have ever done with the NHL, including You know, having been a sideline reporter, having been a host, this was completely off the cuff and completely our personalities, whatever was going through our mind, because it was live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all that jazz. And so there is no going back and there's no prompter. There's none of that kind of stuff. So you just kind of and they let they really let us just have our own personalities and have fun. And that doesn't happen a lot, like especially with the NHL. And so I was very pleasantly surprised that they said you know, have fun, sort of be yourself if, you know, don't obviously swear uh, or like do stupid stuff, but, you know, have fun with it. And so we did. And then it was great to be able to like interact with fans while we would be on. And when things are live, when you don't have like commercial breaks and anything like that, there's just a sense of like this this realistic relatability where people know that you're kind of just – you know you might something might mess up or it's there's the the fourth wall sort of broken in a way where everyone can kind of just like feel as though they're a part of it and it's not like this perfectly coiffed uh, you know exactly um how it's it looks on tv on a sunday night football or anything like that it's just people sort of hanging out talking hockey and like one of the times i loved on that show was when um oh gosh who scored was it the I'm like, what, what even, who, the overtime goal, I want to say, I know it was the Colorado-Edmonton series. Now I can't remember because, anyway, there was the one overtime game, and the goals scored, but, like, you know how sometimes you see, you're watching replays on TV and you think it's real? And I was like, for one second, I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I screaming over a replay right now by accident? And then we had, like, What our screen was had all the trackers on guys like we could see, you know, how long shifts were, who was on the ice, like all this kind of stuff. And so then I just saw all these little trackers come together around the goalie. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's real. Like, it's real time, (laughs) you know, because you're you're reacting and you're just not sure when you're on sometimes. So. There were some interesting moments. Isn't
0: that what they kind of want? They want that genuine emotion. And did did they pitch to you that way where they came to you like, hey, we want to do a fun YouTube show that's just fun for people to follow along with social media. That's it.
2: It was just like kind of almost like we want to do a Manning cast that we can't show the game, but we want to have like a watch along type thing. So, you know, we had a ton of guests on brought, you know, we just have them on while they're at work. We had Anson and. Rick Tockett and Liam Neeson. Certainly, yeah, we had Liam Neeson on our show. We had Liam McHugh.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, wow, you really were taken.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. we just, I just casually, you know, called up Liam Neeson to come be on the third period live show. Liam McHugh, who is the Liam Neeson of hockey. And then, you know, you're able to have them on live while they're at their, their studio desk at the rink. And they are... All, having all their personality out, too. So it was it was great, and I hope the NHL does more of that kind of stuff. I think it was a bit of a test drive in a way to see if how people thought of it, if they'd find it, if they'd like it, and seemingly they did. So we'll see.
0: We complain yeah. a lot on this show. I'm going to cut Greg off real quick. We complain a lot on this show about how like the NHL and some other sports leagues as well don't have enough fun, so it's nice that they mm-hmm. actually did something like that for once. I think it's nice yeah. to go outside the box. You don't have to, like um, – you know, really ruin your reputation as a brand, but you can still have fun. Like you can still celebrate and and celebrate the game. But you play for fun. It's a game. That's what we all watch it for. It's to escape real life and to do fun stuff like that. Really means a lot.
2: And it's like I know some of the clips that have come out of the the players tour in, in Vegas and all this is like them showing a lot of different personalities come out, which is really good. Seeing, you know, see, seeing Sidney Crosby say. Uh, that he wasn't one of the top 10 drunkest people at Nathan McKinnon's Stanley Cup party. is one of the top five drunkest people. And I was like, that's what I want to hear. Like, perfect. I want that content. Give me the and juicy quotes,
0: Julie. That's yes, what I want.
2: I, I was like, and then like even Austin Matthews the other day, I, I both of these things I've retweeted, but he, him saying like, oh yeah, maybe we need to change the goal song of the Leafs, which is like, wow, like he... A hockey player has opinion on something was just wild. I was or, like this or, is uh, what we want.
1: Or uh, Matt you know? Barzal just having a whole folder on his phone. It's like here is how I would change the NHL for the better. And it's like has yes. nobody asked on him? Has nobody ever asked Matt Barzal if he has this before?
2: It's so it's so crazy. And like me, I don't know. Maybe it's just like what I love is that like right like these guys opening up and it's music to our ears as people that create content because you are like wow it's there like we have, we have the, it's there and they are giving us these Easter eggs and, and we want them, but then you'll, you kind of have the traditionalists on the other side. And sometimes that plays into the hand of all of us as well. That are like, okay, you know, we want, there's like this heartbeat of hockey. We don't want to change it, make it too fun or too crazy. And, um, I think that that, and sometimes I've acted like that too, being like, why are these people like doing this or doing that? And it's like, no, no, no. Like, we need to allow like, more people involved in the game because we're so, so traditional in hockey. It's like, if you haven't, you know, done X, Y, Z, Z, you cannot be a part of the game at all. And, and 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 I just find that it's like a very gatekeeping world. Like, I've done a lot of other sports, like MMA, I didn't know anything about this year. I did Olympic baseball, didn't know anything about that beforehand. I'm doing a fantasy football show on NBC I I play fantasy football. I ain't no expert. And all these places have been, like, you know, very welcoming and and welcoming you with open arms. But I find sometimes the NHL isn't necessarily like that. We need to do a better job with it.
0: Greg, I cut you off before. Would you like to continue?
1: Oh, I, I got my I got my two bits in there, Ryan. I, I, oh, I, I t- fine I tuned in. That's good. Podcast. Let's get to the
0: Rangers. That's what we that's what we talk about on this show. Um, what are your thoughts on the Rangers' off season, Julie? Were you impressed? Were you uh, did they do enough to get over the hump? Will they be back, etc. I
2: think uh, I think that we like we. Uh, I'm not going to point fingers. I just think that we underestimated the value of some of the players that were involved last year, like an Andrew Kopp or a Frank Vetrano to a lesser extent, or to Tyler Mott. A lot of these guys that were there, even Ryan Strom though we mentioned, who of course had his ups and downs. And for a large part of the season, the Rangers were pretty pedestrian at points and had to rely on their goaltender to be absolutely banana sandwich, of which he was, and he is the best goaltender on earth. And the Rangers are very lucky for that. But like, I think that we're going to see, obviously, this was not how they wanted necessarily to do it, but like, handcuff themselves with a couple deals, maybe Reeves, we mentioned, or Barkley Goodrow, great guy, but like, you're wrapping up a ton of cash in him. And so you don't necessarily have you're up against the Caps. You're going to have, you're you're in this situation. And I think like they're navigating it, the, they're navigating the way that they can, right? Like, so I'm excited to see what we get and see out of Vitaly Kravtsov. Like that will be very interesting to have him welcomed in, hopefully with open arms, it seems so, and then see where he fits in. But there's like so many other question marks of like, we saw the chemistry, at least, you know, down the stretch in the regular season with Panarin and Kopp and Strom, too, for a lesser extent with Panarin, but, like, just still very well. And then even Frankie Z on the top line with Kreider and Mika, like, they, they gelled really well, too. And then, of course, the kid line, we all know that. And, like, there's just a lot of things where it's like, oh, yeah, there's, again, the school reference of, like, going back to school and being like, oh, yeah, they don't go here anymore. Like, oh, I forgot that person was like great in our like group project. Like, why aren't they here? So I think that it's going to be like a little bit of a feeling out process with a lot of these guys and also where they play and like who's on the wing and like what, who fills out the D and just sort of, you know, just some, the younger guys growing up and we'll see what happens with that. Of course, we know that like a lot of those players I just mentioned came at the trade deadline. So there is an opportunity for something to happen down the road so you see like what do you get out of someone like Sam- sammy Blay, who comes back from an injury and then you know what do you get from kapokako who was doing really well and then was scratched and kind of then extended of course but then, and then like who is filipito in the regular season this year compared to last year in the playoffs and last year in the regular season so There's, like, a lot of different question marks. And also, like, how does Vincent Trocek do with Panarin? And, like, where does he sort of, like, factor in with everything? There's, It's just, like, interesting on the wing, I think, is, like, the biggest thing. So, like, they're not – it's just hard because it's, like, the window is definitely now. And the cap is very difficult. And so it's going to be a curious situation to start the year, I think.
1: So, Julie, it sounds like for you it's going to boil down to essentially how good exactly can we expect these kids, Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov, most noticeably, to be right out of the gate. Are you confident that they'll be able to uh, – everybody loved the kid line. I, I it, It's hard to sit anywhere with any Ranger fan and have them not speak uh, wax poetic about the kid mm-hmm. line in the playoff. But are you confident that – Lafreniere, who had 19 goals last year, and I think people sometimes forget that that's the second most or even the most 5v5 goals any Ranger had for the entire season. Are you yourself confident these kids, given more of a role in the team, will be able to live up to the performances of guys who filled the gaps very nicely for the Rangers, the Vetranos, the Cops?
2: Yes, I do. And I hadn't mentioned Laffy Taffy there at all. He... Uh, Is incredible. And I think he's going to take another step forward. I think he could be, um, we'll talk about this later on. I'm pretty sure, but uh, one of the breakout stars of the NHL this year, I think he has all of the potential and the pieces. And we saw a lot of that in the playoffs and seeing that confidence. And he could be on that top line with Kreider and Mika. And although they tried that last year and didn't necessarily work, but again, like another year, it's like anything in life, like, you go through some bumps and bruises, some adversity, some different things, maybe don't work, do work, and then you get another shot at them and you're better off for having gone through what you did the year before. So uh, I think that he, him and Capocacco, I I mean, I feel for the early years of Capocacco of, um, because it was just like, it was so tough for him and the injuries and all that. And so it was great to see him kind of like getting back there, getting his confidence up, scoring some goals. And then again, like with Hedo, like, Those guys can just build off of what they did in the playoffs, and we just expect what we did from the playoff version of them. Then, like I think they can do a great job of filling in for those guys that have left, and and you do have an abundance of of these young guys that are coming back. And I mentioned Sammy Blay, which so many people you kind of like forget that he was really a part of the team because he was injured. And then like Vitaly coming in, I'm curious to see what he's like, and I think it's. It, 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 again, it's it just a feeling out process, and that's what the whole first half of the season is. I mean, you don't want to be out of contention by Thanksgiving. That's is it American Thanksgiving. Yeah, American Thanksgiving, and so it's you know very different in Canada. It's a little earlier, actually. That's when the season starts is Canadian Thanksgiving. So yeah, you don't want Happy to be out of it in, on the the day <laughs> on day one. Um, yeah, but I think uh, to your point, there. I do believe that they can take a step forward and that they will, the younger guys.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference. We think the Eastern Conference is literally hell. I think there's only two bad teams in it, probably the Canadians and the Flyers, and everybody else has either improved or gotten better. Uh, It's way better than the West in a lot of ways. What are you expecting out of the East this year?
2: Oh, man, it is going to be a bloodbath, but it's also, like, a fascinating one. Uh, As a Toronto native... um, Yeah, a lot of questions surrounding that team uh, and expectations, of course, and things that could have gone differently. You know, my so I'm from Toronto, right? My boyfriend is a big Rangers fan. We have a Henrik Lundqvist practice stick on our mantle. uh, And so we sort of like shake hands and are like, okay, like Toronto Maple Leafs fans, Rangers fans being beaten by. Tampa Bay Lightning in a series, you could have won. Um, we we like agree on that. We're, we're cool. But yeah, Weirdly. I think that like, yeah, the Le- <laughs> I'm curious about the Leafs, obviously, because I do not know why you would let go of Jack Campbell and get Matt Murray, and um, there's a lot on Matt Murray right now, and I'm not happy about it, but I uh, still have... I still have. Uh, they still have Matthews and, like, Nylander and Marner and, uh, I don't know, Tavares is going to be a toughie, year five of a seven-year contract, and he's getting up, up there. But regardless, other teams, because I, I know no one wants to hear about the Leafs, very, very curious to see what the Senators are like, because they made so many moves in the off season and. Adding Cam Talbot and you have Alex Debrinket and Claude Drew, and then of course uh, Tim Stutzla, who's just got that monster contract recently. They're going to be someone to contend with. And then even the Red Wings, too, are fascinating. They have like 8 million in cap space or something. They already have their 23 man roster. So Stevie Y is definitely working on making his next imprints of what he wants. You know what he did with Tampa. So, um oh yeah, of course, like the whole Matthew Kachuk situation in Florida and then them having, um oh, Paul Maurice there. So like, there's just a lot of different changes too. I was like going over them being like, oh yeah, like, okay, this is going to be, and then Tampa, like, I mean, you lose McDonough, who was getting up there and was sort of more of a veteran presence and Palat's going to be a big... Uh, loss for them too, but then you sign Sorelli and you still have Sergachev and, you know, just some of these other guys that, as you're looking for, it's kind of like sports betting, right? Like, you need to have find value in places that you wouldn't normally find it. Like, you can't just keep trying to load up on favorites because then you're going to be out of money or out of space. Like, you have to find value in other guys, so... Yeah, it's going to be, and the Bruins are always just around. And they're old, but they're around. So that scares uh, me as well.
1: Julie, you're speaking my language, of sports betting. That's why, by the way, I can't <laughs> bet it in the U.S. But if you ever wanted to bet, first coach fired. Lindy Ruff, 9-1. to one. That's where you should go. However, uh, I do to, <laughs> it is, uh, it's our legal obligation that we have to break some news on this year's said show. I and figured
0: I'll, we would just re-record at the beginning. Let's no, just we'll, just,
1: we'll just do it now. Uh, Julie, Niels Lundquist going to the Dallas Stars. I guess right the, now. He's, I, 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 right now. I, right now. Right. Like four <laughs> four minutes ago. We don't know the return, but I am curious your take on the entire Lundquist situation.
2: Um wait, is it did he act did he actually or no?
1: Oh no, he, he's legit going to the stars. We
2: like just it don't just know the broke return right here. now?
1: Yeah.
0: our, our uh. dear friend Shayna is reporting it.
2: Oh, Shayna is the bomb diggity. Um, we know. okay. We're, we're, Yes. Um, Yeah. I mean, well, my initial thoughts are if this is good, because I mean, again, need to know what you're getting in return. But if a guy doesn't want to be here, you don't want him. So I think that you can do have an upgrade with that, because of all the players I even mentioned and even without thinking about what his future was, didn't even mention him. So I think that, you know, Hopefully, you get something in return that might be some one of those pieces and places that we talked about, or at least something that you can then package into something later on at the trade deadline, maybe for like a Patrick Kane of some sort. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good move without knowing what the other side of it is. So,
0: yeah, I mean, you have the leverage kind of um, went both ways, right? He asked out, and then he was like, I'm not reporting. Had to, had to do something with him. I Drew really could have played the waiting game, but all of a sudden uh, I said earlier he was going to wait and guess what? He fucking did not. <laughs> and I said, I said yeah. he
1: couldn't because he didn't have the leverage, Ryan. So once again, we've proven that I am smarter than you. Sorry. You are right.
0: Let's finish this out. We got two more questions for you, Julie. Uh, who is your breakout player of the NHL this year? It doesn't have to be on the Rangers.
2: Okay. Well, I did. I do think that of a couple people that I think could break out um, that uh, Alexi Lafreniere is one of them. I think he could definitely be that guy. I also think that Seth Jarvis, known to Rangers fans well, um, could also be that guy too. He had a great year last year, and he continues to have good years ever since coming from juniors. And then uh, Tim Stitzla, like, I mean, he's already kind of, you know, proven himself in a way, but I think he could continue to be that type of guy. These are, like, sort of, like, younger-ish. And then um looking at, like, even the abs, uh I know we don't really talk West too much, but, like, Bo Byram, for sure, would be someone. Because it was, like, kind of forgot that he didn't have a great regular season and he was limited by uh, concussion. But then the playoffs... He was, uh, you know, played pretty well, and he played like every single game, and had uh, like whatever nine assists, and he was good in that way. I actually, this is the first thing I did on the ice when the Colorado Avalanche won. Was I asked Bo Byram if he knew who Bo Burnham was? So, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that moment. That was the only. I was like so. So obsessed with Bo Byram sounding like Bo Burnham, and like for those who don't know, Bo Burnham is like an incredible comedian, brilliant mind. Like, go look. I up recommend anything him watching at Inside stuff. on Netflix. There you yes, go. I like love Inside so much, and so. Me too. Um, but like, no, I think people were kind of like he. He didn't know who he was, by the way. That was the breaking news. I was like, you guys have to meet. Um, and then my <laughs> second thing on the ice was I went up to Kale McCarr and I I said, Oh, you you. Well, I had already mentioned dropped his dropped Johnny Laz's names before jo- Johnny Lazarus's name before to Kale McCarr because that was the way I could like get in and like warm warm him up so he warm wasn't so yeah awkward around media and it was like great so then I said like hey let's give a shout or like can you give a shout out to like Johnny Laz blah 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 like just something stupid and. Then everyone, I didn't realize this, but everyone thought Johnny like asked me to do it, and he got like razzed for it. But like, oh, that's good. <laughs> he felt
0: so good. Johnny deserves bad. it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it felt so bad. So we were joking. I was like, oh yeah, did he even actually play hockey with you at UMass? And he's like, yeah, whoever, whatever this guy is, like we're just having fun with it, but. Um, but back to, yeah, Bo, Bo Byram. I'm like Bo Burnham. Um, Bo Byram to have a good season as well. Uh, yeah, so those are my sort of like picks. Those aren't anything ridiculous. Those are guys that are just younger that had like a good end of the season, I think.
1: This is, uh, this is exactly like um, men and blazers. They were talking today that if Leicester City fires Brendan Rodgers, he should go to Colorado to coach the rapids oh and live next door to rocky's second baseman brendan rogers and then the two of them should just i don't know have a show and it, like this entire conversation just had me thinking the entire time about that and i just gotta tell you it's made my entire day uh well, Julie- also
2: that's just made my entire day that is epic that they suggested yeah. that so Rod-
1: roger bennett is amazing if people aren't listening you don't even have to be a soccer fan to listen to men in blazers it's just wonderful yeah
2: it's um, funny
1: julie i uh, the if wow if i could speak english here that'd be dope uh to go from breakout player to your hottest take again doesn't have to be ranger related but if you want to sprinkle a ranger hot take in there i don't think anyone's going to complain
2: okay so i hate these hot takes because it's like me betting making a four-leg parlay in college football where i'm just never gonna win um and I just bet a whole. Sorry, guys, I've turned this into a betting thing. I now I'm doing dollar bets because I can't do anything. More. The return is great if I win. <laughs> Julie, do you know? Do you
1: know? Do you ever make round robins on any of the betting no. sites? Uh, What's so that? A, round ro- a round robin is essentially like I had seven things that I needed to happen, and I just did a round robin where it pays out every permutation of a three pick parlay of those seven Whoa. things. Needless to say, Julie, I made two of those. So I essentially had seventy three pick parlays on Sunday. I won one. Whoa. So if you want to talk to me about uh, needing to cool off because your bets are terrible, welcome to my world. You're talking to the right guy. I got you. Okay, I will raise you that. up. I
2: will. I, what I will tell you though to help to help you out to get you know to really give you some secret advice is what uh, my boyfriend and I learned last year is um, parlaying different hockey games is, like, people have not tapped into this a lot, I don't think, where last year he found a parlay that was, like, or he parlayed, like, Mika scoring for the Rangers, like, someone else scoring, like, some other big star scoring for another team, like, Tyler Toffoli scoring for the Flames, and it was, like, a $17,000 payout. Like, he didn't, he didn't hit, Toffoli did not find the back of the net. He was the one. Um, But we were, like, wow, like, just three random stars scoring in a game and you could win that kind of money. Like maybe that's, again, this is like me at like a, a child fair or something like a, a county fair. Like you could win this, you know, you're so close and you think you can win it, but, <laughs> um, hockey parlay is great. Okay. So hottest take, I gonna give two. Here's one for our audience. I mentioned it before, but I think that, uh, Patrick Kane becomes a ranger at the trade deadline. I think that entire team's dismantled. Ooh. By the way, by the trade deadline, uh, uh, Chicago, not not the Rangers, is, not the Rangers. <laughs> hopefully, Seth, Seth,
1: Seth Jones included in this dismantling. No,
2: Seth Jones is the does not leave. He's the only one. He he has to stay. Uh huh. Um, but everyone else gone, and then not to the Rangers, but Kane to the Rangers, and then also super outtake. Um, Leafs make it. Win a they win a playoff. Series. They go to the second round. That is hot. They get to, <laughs> they get to to the second round. No, they 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 win two playoff series. There we go. I'm gonna really really put it out there.
0: Can, can Toronto survive two playoff series wins? No a legitimate question. No no no
2: no no way. No way, Jose. Like had they won? I wasn't. I was working that series last year. Toronto Tampa and like again journalism hat on the entire time. Uh, Tampa was great to work with, and Toronto wasn't. So that was also easier for me not to be a Leafs fan. Um, but then I got COVID, which was literally the worst thing in the world because I was working for TNT. It was like dream job, and then I had to be in isolation. And I was right beside the rink in Toronto. So I could hear when the goal horn went or did not go. Before it went on TV. And so then I'm like in isolation watching games six and seven, but game seven. And it's like 2-1 Tampa. And I remember like the time winding down and I knew because we, you know, I, there was no goal horn going. And I was just like, and that was that was prime depress season for me because uh, it wasn't like I could just be like, oh, I'm a reporter. I'm just going to focus on the game. It was like I'm in isolation in Toronto and it That's was mis-
1: pure misery it was
2: yeah <laughs> pure it was
1: a new low well Julie, i i guess just to add on one more question here have you have you had a hard time putting the fan hat aside when you're in an on-air role because like if if push came to shove and something just miraculous happened where 700,000 people said no and they needed me to cover a met playoff game there's just no fucking chance that i would be able to like Call it down the line.
2: Well, that's it's like a very fascinating question, because like I when I worked for the Ducks for three seasons, like they played the Leafs, you know, once or twice a year. And I just always wanted you learn very quickly where it's like you just want the team that you work for to win because everyone's happy. And then the plane ride home, you don't have to pretend like you're depressed and like all this kind of stuff because you're with the team. Because when when that happened, and Randy Carlyle was there too in the last year, ironically, former Leafs coach, you had like it was just it just was not great if they lost. So it was always like just beat the Leafs, please, please. I just want this to be a good experience here. And then um, you get it to a point where it's like you know when you, you you can't put any more feeling and emotion into it because they've just hurt you too much. That it's like I've touched this, this hot stove way too many times. <laughs> I'm not. I just can't. And it's so much easier not to care than to care. And I've been burned so many times. I just, like, I can't go back there again. And so I found, though, doing this, like, when they told me, hey, we want you to do Toronto, Tampa, I was just like, you guys know I'm from Toronto, just want you to know. And they're like, yeah, we want you to be able to tell, like, the pulse and the heartbeat of the city that hasn't won in so long and you understand that. And I was like, okay, (laughs) fascinating angle, like, lean into it okay so then you could understand it a bit more so um yeah that was that that was it and then you honestly realize real fast what i've learned is just like you you cheer for um whoever scores first by the way is who you want to win and to sweep um and this is most people at the end of a long year right and then you also want um just people that treat you well and like are going to help you out and you have a good relationship to succeed because then that's going to help you in the future. So if like John Cooper is helping me out a lot and maybe Toronto isn't, I'm going to be like, hey, I I enjoy this relationship a lot. Right. So no offense to you, know, there's a lot more there's a lot more pressure on Toronto in that situation than a team coming off back to back Stanley Cups obviously so but yeah at the end of the day you kind of just like learn you can switch it on and off and if you're a Leafs fan you know how to switch it off real fast
0: so we (laughs) cannot yes i mean you have no choice to be honest yes you must you must survive the harsh (laughs) winters of toronto and losing in the first round uh thank you so much for coming on is there anything you'd like to plug before you get out of here
2: Uh no I'm great I'm plugging 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 away keep grinding folks out there uh just you know it's it's tough it's been a tough couple years but uh, you keep your eyes on the prize and it will happen I love how I just plugged like I'm a motivational speaker now by the way
0: yeah hey wake up and grind everybody that's my plug (laughs) yeah
1: Julie's like I've hit rock bottom with the Maple leaves, and there's nowhere to go but up here we go yep
2: do some I got nothing nothing going on over here. So, if you guys got something going on, I hope you succeed at it. So, uh, yeah, no. Have a great I, uh, day. <laughs> yes. Have, and have a good day. Uh, no, but uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's great to talk hockey. Great to get back into it. And uh, really have enjoyed. i been in New York for five years almost wow. now. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm sort of like a pseudo. They're my, like, second team in the East right now. Just well, until both we'll, of maybe them Maybe we'll catch you at a game each this other. Year. We can,
0: you know, yeah. we can all suffer together. So, yeah. No, Fun they're going to be
2: good. You guys are going to be great. Uh,
0: we were good last year, and I <laughs> suffered. I suffered. <laughs> I did. I won't lie. Joey, thank you so much. No. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, guys. See you later.
0: Okay, end of the show. So I got to thank the NHL Insiders Club, the people that keep this show going along with the rest of our patrons. But these are the ones I thank by name. Crazy show. We uh, Niels is a Dallas star. Who knew? Uh, a lot to digest there over the next couple weeks. And camp starts this week. Rangers are back, baby. Woo! Without further ado, Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Alex Curtulo, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gardner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brennan Lacos, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Allen, Chris Finelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stellwagen, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Dezan, David Naird and David Siegel, Dennis Dyster Darian, Eric Stack, give Gardner a cup, Garrett Rainis, Garrett... G- Oh, man. (laughs) Garrett Gretzky, McFly, Harrison Haskell, Hippopity, Nia, Halasas, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B, James Masker, Jamie Filippone... Jerry Marquez, JD Jamie Mack, JJ Frankie, JJ, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Friedman, Christopher Florida, Christoph Berg, LASIK, Ronowski. I, I somehow mess it up again. Luigi Giordano, Matthew Kine, the legend himself, Matt, Meatball, the Cat, Neil Grover, Nicholas, D Nicola, Pe- Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kojarp, Pro World of Saints, Gamer, Randy Tester, Steve Bulbach, Swine Thomas Welsh, Tommy Sinclair, Thomas Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Territory from Manhattan, upstate Van Brock, Vinny Hay, Will Spectre, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Roof, 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 roof. Okay, Uh, man, a lot to break down. Uh, Camp starts on Wednesday. We're going to try to have Vince next week. We're going to get all the stuff going. Welcome back to Rangers season. We are so close, three weeks away. Rangers hockey. Hope you're enjoying your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Bye.